the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and Taco Tuesday enthusiast. I don't know if you think about it very often. Taco Tuesday, pretty fun deal. And uh, I've been I've been promoting it really ever since the shutdown because I think if you're going to go out and get some food, go to one of your local taco shops or local restaurants and help them stay in business. You know, even though the pandemic is ending and most of the restrictions are lifted, a lot of our small businesses and in particular companies are still having trouble and they're going to have trouble for a long time. So that's just a thought. You know, I, uh, I'm in a carnitas mood today. So maybe after the show, we'll grab a couple of those. Uh, I'm not sure. I think maybe we're having lasagna at home. So we might skip the taco Tuesday today. It's always okay to do that on Wednesdays. There's probably a special every day of the week. That's what I've noticed. Am I making you hungry? Well, it's three in the afternoon. You got some time to think about it. Maybe on your drive home or at the office. Maybe you're already home and I've just given you the dinner idea. So when your spouse gets home and they say, what's for dinner? You can say tacos and they will be amazed that a decision has been made rather than the usual. I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? What do we have? Why don't we have the leftover meatloaf? No, no, we ate that yesterday. Well, let's have pizza. I'm tired of pizza. We have pizza all the time. You want to go out? Yeah. Well, where do you want to go? Well, let's go to uh, Chili's. I don't want to go to Chili's. Let's just drive through. And you can have that conversation forever. And then pretty soon you have an argument about it. I know how it works, um, and always better to have a plan. Welcome to Southern California Live. Today on the show, some thoughts about UFOs protesting at justices' homes and other homes of political figures, teaching about communism, and a question about whether or not we've poisoned the church with politics. We'll get to that, uh, that one the next hour. And, of course, we'll take your calls. So you can give me a call today at any time to join the conversation, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also email the show if it's not convenient for you to call. The email address is SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, good to be with you. I've got my coffee, as you can probably tell, the brew of the believer and let's talk about some things today that are in the news and see if we can get a little response for, you know, what should we do as Christians? Is there, how do you feel about these things? Is there an appropriateness, for example, of protesting things that might be going on at the homes of the political figures who are on the other side of the argument from you? Have you seen this on the news uh, where there's something to protest now what's been happening, and it's happening this weekend at Supreme Court justices' homes because of the leaked SCOTUS uh, potential decision, draft decision about uh, abortion. We still don't know what that decision is. It may not be the same. And I think that is clearly some of the protesters' goal is to see if they can change the outcome by pressuring these justices who still could change their votes, change their opinion before the final draft actually comes out, which is expected sometime next month unless they decide to hurry it up and get it out because of all of this fiasco. What do you think we should do? You know, if there's something to protest, is it all right to take it to people's houses where they live? Is that appropriate? 
888-528-2557. If it is appropriate, when is it appropriate? What what crosses that line where you might need to do that? 888-528-2557. How do Christians deal with it? Um, do we think this is right? Do we do this in our personal life? What if you don't like uh, what's going on at your church? Do you protest the board members or pastor at their house? I suppose that's happened before. Hopefully not, but I'll bet it has. You know, the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of protests for different things, but we and we have seen pro, peaceful protests, but we've seen some peaceful protests turn violent. Uh, BLM protest, Antifa, January 6th. Now we're seeing some people protesting at the personal residences of Supreme Court justices this past weekend. But we've been seeing that actually for a uh, few months now. Um, conservatives have protested at the homes of school board members and people on the left and right have, uh, protested actually at the homes of school board members. Sometimes it's about curriculum, but we saw protests going on about mask mandates, vaccine mandates, all kinds of different things. And some of those are across the political spectrum, just parents protesting different things that are maybe taught in curriculum. And, uh, is this, what do you think about this happening in our country? This is, this clip here I'm going to play is the sound of the protest outside Justice Kavanaugh's house this weekend. Play clip number one. So you're sitting down, and uh, after a long day's work, you get home, you're having dinner with your family. He's got kids, wife and kids at home, and that's right outside the front door of the house. It's one thing to have that outside the Supreme Court, and there's a a place to go do that. There's security. There are barricades up. You have a constitutional right to do that, and uh, that's a normal part of your job. But when you come home, should you have to deal with that? Whoever you are, should school board members have to deal with that? I've encouraged you to go to school board meetings and to say what you need to say as parents at school board meetings. Uh, Should you go to their house and uh, protest different things? That is the issue that is here, and some people have defended it. This next clip is Laura Jarrett on CNN. Play clip two. I think for a lot of people, a conversation about civility feels um, like it misses the mark Mm. when constitutional rights that you believe that you had – for over 50 years are about to be overturned. The justices have security. So far, all of the protests have seemed overwhelmingly nonviolent. There are plenty of protests that happen every single day in this country, around the country, at abortion clinics, blocking women from getting into clinics. And we don't cover those as if there's four Mm -hmm. alarm fires. And so, yes, they're going to be protesting in front of Kavanaugh's house because people are angry. Um, And as long as they stay nonviolent, I think... For most, of, for most of the people who are watching it, you can understand wh- where they're coming from. That's an interesting uh, comment from a whole lot of different uh, places. She says, a conversation about s- civility misses the mark. So because something is you know, extremely emotional, because of the issue of what it is, we shouldn't talk about civility. Is there a time when the civility should just go out the window? Is that who we are supposed to be? Uh, if a long-term decision is overturned, uh, it's okay then to go to the justice's house. Uh, mostly nonviolent. That must be somewhere in the CNN talking points to say something is a mostly nonviolent. You know, that noise outside the home, imagine how close that is to a, a major tragic disaster. This is what happens with, with crowds. The reason that the Constitution says peaceful assemblies 
that you are to be peaceful is there has to be a limit, and assemblies get out of hand. They become mobs very quickly. I mean, that happened on January 6th, right? Not everybody there, most people there weren't rushing the Capitol. They weren't beating up the police. A lot of people are tourists, but there are some people who probably would never have imagined that they did what they did. It's because they got whipped up into a crowd. This happens at the other protests that we have seen where people do violent things, they hurt people, and it's because emotion gets stirred up and there's something that happens to to human beings, right? Mass hysterias, things just happen and it gets out of hand. Imagine if one person decides to move from the street outside of a justice's home and move up onto the grass. Does Do people follow? Uh, they very likely would. What if that person decides to get up on the porch and start banging on the front door? Uh, do people come up and do people start banging on the windows? Even just a handful of people, not everybody who's there. Many people, I think, might turn around and leave, but some people would uh, be revved up. And why not? We're not hurting anything. We're trampling his plants and uh, messing up his grass. And maybe we're going to scratch the paint a little bit. And then the door comes down or somebody answers the door and suddenly you now have invasion of the house. Maybe somebody gets assassinated, beat up. I mean, it's a, and it's, those things happen. They happen all the time when protests and these kinds of gatherings get out of hand. And to say that civility misses the mark, we have to, we have to pull back from that. You know, civility is the conversation we need to be having. Uh, mostly nonviolent is, you know, I suppose you can look at that and say, well, yeah, mostly we're nonviolent, but, but the violence actually ends up, that happens, destroys very often whatever the voice you're trying to make, the sound you're trying to make, the, the message you're trying to put out, the violence wrecks it, and the only thing that gets covered is the violence. Uh, the violence. And by the way, the Supreme Court justices until yesterday did not have much security at all. The United States Senate had to add security to them yesterday at extreme taxpayer cost, meaning you and me, more money that we are now spending, that we now have to spend to protect Supreme Court justices who used to have the ability to not need that kind of security. Now they have to have it. Police escorts, police security, security at the home. They will probably have to leave, move to new neighborhoods and get paid more money and have a lot more government expense. This is a problem. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. Question for you, how should we as believers handle disagreements that we have with people in authority or even just other people, but specifically people in authority, whether it is the government or maybe it is your boss, maybe it's your homeowners association president, you know, who knows who it might be. How do we get along, not in the sake of, of foregoing our values or compromising things that are uh, legitimate truths, but how do we get back to a place where actually civility does hit the mark, that we're going to handle things with civility? There's always been people who are uncivil, and there's always these kinds of excuses. But what is unnerving about this period of time and the danger of what we're seeing right now is people going to political figures' homes, right now the Supreme Court, previously school board members, and threatening them, intimidating them. Uh, when this started to happen last week, the White House did not make a statement right away. 
Um, what happened is on Friday, Jen Psaki said, we want people to protest peacefully. Jen Psaki is the president's spokesperson. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to, to protest. And that was it. And that was the only thing. People on both sides, left and right, were calling out to the president over the weekend to make a statement about this. And nothing happened until yesterday. Jen Psaki came out and she made this statement. Play clip number six. Uh, violence, threats, and, and intimidation have no place in political discourse. Yes, we are a country that promotes democracy, and we certainly allow for peaceful protest uh, in a range of places in the country. None of it should violate the law. No one is suggesting that. Uh, and it should never resort to violence, to threats, to intimidation in any way, shape, or form. Uh, that's not a bad statement. It should have happened Saturday, and it should have come from the president. You know, one of the things that President Biden has said that he wants to do is restore the soul of America, that he is responding to what he sees as a lack of civil discourse in our country. And I think he sees something that is for real. But when you don't come out and address it just because you might want to agree with it or maybe it's leaning on your side, it's not helpful. President Trump on January 6th, I don't know what those people are going to decide ultimately about that day, but... Pretty much everybody agrees he should have been out immediately telling everybody to knock it off and go home, not a few hours later. He made his, he made a little comment at one point, but there should have been a very stern speech. This needs to be peaceful. You need to turn around. Biden should have done the same thing. It didn't erupt into that kind of violence, but it was very, very close. Imagine what we would be today if a Supreme Court justice is physically harmed or his family harmed, maybe killed because of a mob, a mob that gets out of hand. It would be devastating to our country, way beyond just the abortion issue or whatever might be on the table politically. Incidentally, uh, you're listening to Southern California Live. This is Scott Furrow. You can join the conversation right now. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Incidentally, it is actually illegal to protest at justices' homes. Did you know that? It's already illegal. Some people are saying, well, we should pass laws. No, it's already illegal to protest like this at a justice's home. 18 U.S. Code 1507 says this, quote, whoever with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer in the discharge of his duty, pickets, or parades in a in or near a building housing a court of the United States or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, or witness or court officer or with such intent uses any sound truck or some similar device or resorts to any other demonstration in or near any such building or residence shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both. Um, it's already illegal to try to influence judges or juries or to do anything in this regard. Um, it needs to be illegal probably to do that to any elected official. And, you know, it's maybe not illegal. There, there's civil ordinances uh, that might let you protest on um, on residential streets. That may be legal, but it becomes illegal if what you're trying to do is influence a judge or influence a political figure's uh, decision-making. See, the thing is, is that you know, political figures, they are given a role. They are given a role to make decisions. And like it or not, that's their job. And you definitely can protest. You definitely can and should speak out when what they're doing is wrong or immoral. 
But protesting at their house, doesn't that go too far? I think it goes too far. 888-528-2557. Victoria from Pasadena, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thank you. Hi. Um, I was just commenting on what you just said about um, January 6th and comparing it to what's been happening. Did you mention the summer, the quote-unquote summer of love, when Antifa and Black Lives Matter were um, throwing bricks and Molotov cocktails into the yes, crowd? Yes, I did. And nobody... Yes, I did. Yeah. I mentioned all that. That's another problem. Like, I don't think anyone across the board on either side of the aisle has addressed this issue, and it's been left. Um, basically unchecked for a very long time, in my opinion, and I just don't know why nobody is speaking out. And I think President Trump, uh, on January 6th, I think he did speak out. I don't think he promoted anyone to do what happened at the Capitol any more than I think President Biden promoted anything to do at the, at the justices' homes. And you're right, both presidents had the responsibility to speak out. Um, I'm just not sure where when we're going to get back to true civility and where we're going to get back to true leadership, where our actual leaders are taking a stand for what's right. I think that to talk about leadership, as you just mentioned, is the right place. So what happened? Why don't we have leadership really on either side? And I would say there's some leaders out there who might have done differently, but why are we not more as a culture, in your in your view, speaking out against the violence that has been happening at these different things, why do you think we're so quiet about? In it? my opinion, in my opinion, it's because when people speak out for what's true and right, they get bullied by the people that are opposing their opinion, hmm. and this is what you're seeing at school board meetings and so forth. People that are opposing what the uh, School boards and the and the districts have promoted in schools that have basically been pushed through without being voted on by the communities and the parents. Um, they're they're now pushing back, but they're getting they're becoming what's called domestic terrorists. Well, who calls them that? The mm-hmm. people in the White House. So yeah, we're we're seeing that garbage, uh, you know? the bullying is coming from uh, also people in authority. So how do we get past this? Where how would you say we find the leadership and what are the steps that need to be taken so that collectively we we condemn violence in these things we need to be we need to be a country where people can speak out and where people can protest even if we disagree that's important that's part of our rights that's good but how do we you know i i would agree that this has gotten out of hand and it's getting worse and it doesn't seem like people are doing anything about it and it also seems like if it supports my side, then I'm going to turn my eye away from it. Would you say that's right? I agree with you 100%. And I think that we have people in senators and U.S. congressmen and women who have also dropped the ball when it comes to holding our leaders accountable, not just in their jurisdictions, but when they sit in our capital, they have a responsibility to speak up for what is true and what is right. And our Bill of Rights, in our constitution needs to be upheld and across the board i think all of our leadership has waned because of this bullying and because of this censorship that goes on without being checked and i i think we're becoming more and more like a totalitarian society and this is not what our u.s constitution dictates nor are we a democracy that is our our government leads to a republic and how did the Roman Republic fall when the when they became the leaders became elite, top heavy, and they started to become dictators and tyrants? 
And I feel yeah. like that's where we're at, you know, and I they were, and nobody was held accountable. So I feel like we just have got to people in leadership have got to hold every, you know, everyone accountable and we have to get back to the basics. And that comes down to our Bill of Rights and our Constitution. I think you're right, uh, Victoria. Thank you for your call. Good call. I think leadership is lacking across the board. How do we put that kind of leader? And is she right that maybe that kind of leader just feels bullied out? I mean, that's what this is, right? It's it's We're going to bully Supreme Court justices into maybe changing their opinion or bully them because we don't like their opinion, and we're going to do it at their house. We're going to come to their house, which is very threatening. Have you ever had somebody do something at your house? I have. I mean, I hate to tell you, your pastor sometimes deals with that at his house. And I have. And it's not okay. It is not okay. But it's happening more and more often. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, we're talking about what to do about protests that are getting more and more out of hand and specifically going to the homes of political leaders to try to intimidate or bully them. I think that's right. I think leadership is the answer, but how do we get that leadership? Where is it? And it's got to be more than just people who are loud and say things. They've got to be able to do the job. They have to be able to legislate. If they're a legislator, they need to be able to be an executive if they are in the executive branch. We have to have those people. They've got to be running our companies. We know those people. How do we encourage people to run as voters? And as Christians, what are some steps that we can take to bring civility back without being obnoxious, but being truthful and bold, but also kind and also upholding the kingdom of God? 888-528-2557 is the number. Before we go to a break here, as we talked about that, maybe you're surprised that pastors have to deal with this sometimes. You know, pastors, police officers in their homes, first responders, they deal with stuff. I mean, people find out where you live and they, they show up sometimes. The uh, police officer used to live across the street from me. He built a wall around his house, a wooden wall. It looks like the kind of wall that you might put in between, you know, the neighbors like we do in Southern California so often. If you're listening outside of California, yes, in California we have walls. This guy, it was a fortress. I thought he was going to put in a moat, but he would come across and he would say, look, somebody I put in jail a few years ago is getting out, and uh, he says he's coming after me and the family. Your pastors have had to deal with that kind of stuff. As I mentioned that, I want to let you know this week, there is a pastor's appreciation breakfast happening in Los Angeles and in San Diego. The San Diego one is tomorrow morning. You can still go. Doors open at 8 o'clock at Skyline Church. It's for pastors and church staff, uh, 8 a.m. Skyline Church. Go to kprz.com to register. And the Los Angeles one is going to be in Orange County. It's Thursday, May 12th. And it will. those doors will open at 8 o'clock now. It's at the Hyatt Regency of Orange County, right there by Disneyland. And you can pre-register at kkla.com. If you haven't signed up for that pastor yet or your staff, would you sign up for that? Go out there early, get together with some people. The purpose of this is encouragement. The purpose of this, and the LA version is also for first responders. If you're a police officer or firefighter, first responder, we want to be able to say we appreciate you, we thank you. We know that you deal with these kinds of pressures. And uh, we want to thank you and provide an opportunity for fellowship and hope and uh, make it a really good morning. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be at both. So I look forward to meeting you there. Go to kkla.com if you are listening on kkla 99.5. If you're listening in San Diego, go to kprz.com. This is Southern California Live. 
888-528-2557 is the number. I'll be right back with your calls. Don't go away. Welcome back, Southern California Live. Great day here in Southern California. It's going to start warming up after today. This weekend's supposed to get pretty hot, actually, as we head into uh, summer, halfway through the spring. Hope that you've got some good plans, maybe some plans to get some things done, maybe some plans to rest. Maybe you got to work. Hopefully you get some kind of uh, break from whatever you got to deal with this weekend. Anyway, it's good to be with you. Scott Furrow with you today on Southern California Live. 888-528-2557 is the number. We are talking about the protests that have erupted in violence or the new protesting that is going on at the homes of elected officials or unelected governor, uh, government bureaucrats like the Supreme Court. Are they a bureaucrat? I suppose they are. Maybe more than they ought to be because they're supposed to be justices. Uh, and that's some of the uh, – we won't get technical about it. But what we have seen is the protests over the weekend – that are already illegal to protest and to try to intimidate judges and their families at their home. But we've also seen this at the home of school board members and um, uh, other people in the Congress. It has been something where recently more and more we seem to have crossed a line into getting into people's private life, their their homes. And uh, this is this is not good. And the, the idea that maybe we can't be civil as somebody on CNN, Laura Jarrett, said on, on CNN that uh, civility seems like uh, not the right thing we should talk about right now. And uh, that seems odd, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like we ought to pull that back? What do you think? 888-LA-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557. Marilyn in Beverly Hills, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello? Hi, Marilyn. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Well, great. What's on your mind? What do, what do you add to this conversation? Well, I'm just listening um, to your dialogue. I'm a little bit uh, surprised that this is even um, shocking or something that should not be expected when this country was built on violence. What do you mean uh, this country was built on to violence? This continent and invaded. Uh, Native Americans and uh, literally almost completely wiped them out. That was such an extensive, violent uh, history. Then mm-hmm. they go to Africa and bring black Africans to this country and use them for over 200 years and um, find that it's arrogant for them to even try to secure some type of civility. Plus, yeah. on top of that, you are honoring law enforcement, which is fine, and I think it should be. However, I haven't heard you um, express the concern of law enforcement abruptly breaking into black homes um, unannounced, even though it's supposed to be a so-called no-knock warrant, mm-hmm. which I think is unconstitutional. Yeah, And then not only breaking in on them, but literally killing them. Marilyn, so I'm me, trying to understand the balance. Of- sure. I appreciate that question, Marilyn. And, uh, you know, I think you're right that we shouldn't be surprised that these things are going this way, but we should be alarmed by it and we need to do something. So um, that's one of the questions I'm asking. Let me ask you this, Marilyn, when it comes to the founding of our country and you say we're founded on violence, can you name a country in the world that was not founded on violence in the way you're describing the violence against indigenous people? or against their own people or oppression of the people who were there? 
Can you name any country in the history of the world that is not founded the same way? We're talking. You are talking about the justices for the United States. And oh yeah, but I'm but I'm saying I'm saying when we when we make an argument. Hold on, when we make an argument that our country is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That we should expect this because we're founded on violence. I'm not excusing that violence at all. I think it's something that, as human beings and as 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 people made in the image of God, we are accountable to God for. Ultimately, as human beings and governments are accountable to God, and people who do all those terrible things are. But at the same time, isn't that humanity? Is there a country on earth that isn't founded by taking over from some indigenous people or oppressing the people who are already there when one group of people gains power and authority? I and mean, that's kind of the way it is, isn't it? It doesn't make it right. See what I'm saying, Marilyn? For freedom for all, which has not been the case. Well, that's true, and it should be freedom for all. You're right. That should be our well, goal. it hasn't been, so why don't you, with your Christian ideals, talk about that? And if a justice is um, approached with uh, protest regarding their decision, then so be it. Should it be at their house? They can feel what is at their home in regular America's lives daily, especially those who are disenfranchised. So you feel like because this does happen to you mentioned uh, the the no knock warrants and and things that have been done and that has violated the homes of of people that it's. Because that happens there, it's okay to do it to them back. I mean, does that justify it? I don't. I don't think it's justified to violate people's rights in their homes at all. So that there isn't an address. You don't give any attention to it. Have you discussed it? Yes. Have you discussed any of those concerns where American citizens are violated, even of their own person? Yep, we have discussed that before in this program. Have you discussed the mass incarceration where people are incarcerated even if they're innocent? We have talked about that. And many of the jails that are owned by private citizens to make Mm -hmm. profit by. Marilyn. Hey, Marilyn. Marilyn. Hold on, hold on, Marilyn, hold on. All of those things are worthy of discussion. Some of those things we've talked about, some of them we have not yet. I've only been hosting this show for a short time, but we will get to them. We respond to things that are going on typically in the news right now. And uh, right now we're talking about protesting at Justice's house. And so what I'm, I'm trying to get at here is, is that okay? And is it, it sounds like partly what you're saying is it's justified because we haven't as a nation adequately addressed the issues that a lot of other people have had in, in, different scenarios. Is that right? I'm sorry. I didn't hear your complete question. Oh, uh, I'm trying to understand. um, Partly, are you saying that it's justified for these protests at justices' houses or or, um, school board members' homes or any elected official? Is that justified simply because we have not adequately addressed the, the problems that many Americans have felt where they don't feel like they have uh, been given life, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness as the promise has been. Does it still? Are you saying that it's justified because that hasn't? We haven't been perfect in those ways. A contradiction or uh, a conflict is that it's as though, oh my God, we have to get back to civility. We have to draw a line. Like if this is something that hasn't is new in this country. Like, oh my, where, where is it that this has not happened, but now we're faced with it? To me, it's hypocrisy. All right, Marilyn, I appreciate your call. I think there is a lot of hypocrisy, by the way, involved in these conversations. And Marilyn, I appreciate you listening. Keep listening. Those topics we will address. 
one of those things that is that matters greatly in this is that we address them in a way of solutions. And, you know, the idea that I, I read all the stuff, you know, we're founded on violence and all these things. Every country is founded that way. Just read the history of just about any place. Iceland, maybe not. Iceland's too cold. Maybe, you know, maybe nobody was living there, but probably the natives who were there, there probably is a history of that there. I was looking on a, a Reddit forum uh, about this. And the thing is, is that the promise of America is that America was a place that figured out that we really ought to have a a nation where rights are guaranteed by God. And our original sin is that we didn't do that. We didn't do that with with slavery. Everybody should have been freed and uh, at immediately at the founding of this country. And I think people acknowledge that. And we're still paying the price for that. We paid it heavily in civil war. We have paid it for our whole uh, life. We're still paying it now. And people are uh, still not given that. But we cannot reject and tear down without some place to build. And to tear down and reject and to say the time is not to be civil, um, you know, the incivility destroys the right arguments. It just turns, it changes the conversation away from rights and what ought to be, and it turns it into security and how do we protect people, and and uh, that becomes more important, that becomes more urgent. You know, our country has a lot of faults, it really does, and we're struggling in some ways now, and those things have come to the surface, you know, as they do. But at the same time, we have ideals that we want to strive to. We don't want to reject the ideals just because we haven't met them yet in every way. 888-528-2557 is the number of Southern California Live. Uh, let's go to uh, you know what, uh, Chris in San Marcos. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, how's it going? Um, Good, Chris. Yeah, I kind of agree with, with what you're saying. I'm, I'm alarmed by it, but I'm not entirely surprised. I mean, in my adult lifetime, I mean, I was kind of a younger guy when, when Reagan was president, and I remember, um, you know, it was just, you know, people had differences, but there wasn't the, the animosity that I see right now from both sides towards each other. And I think about it now, and I mean, I, I don't, I think that the the resentment and the hatred towards from Americans towards anybody is most acute towards each other. I don't think there's any disdain or hate for any other people or country as strong as there is between Americans. And it's astonishing to me. So that we are, we are turning against each other. We've Uh, already turned against each other. I I honestly don't think it's going to change until it gets worse, unfortunately. And I think it's, Unfortunately, I think it's going to be more violent, and it's scary. I have a daughter. I mean, I'm I'm appalled by it. Yeah, it is very scary. So, what do we do? What do we do about that? Do you have well, any solutions? I, I mean, want to. I need to take a break, well, but real quick. It's. It's. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just people are so dug into their mindsets, and there's entire you know new. Chris, I think we lost you there, Chris. Uh, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. You know, is Chris right? Is Are we just headed for things? Do things have to get a lot worse, or is there a way to turn it around now? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. 888-528-2557. And we have been responding to the protests at Supreme Court Justices' homes this past uh, weekend, but also the fact that this kind of thing has been escalating. There have been protests at homes of school board members. There are people on the left and right doing it, different kinds of Protests over the past uh, few years have got out of hand. This isn't new in some respect. We've seen this before at different times in our country. The 60s, of course, uh, lots of unrest and and, uh, horrific violence. Um, But uh, so in a way, if you're older, you've seen a lot of this before. Maybe you're less alarmed about it because you're like, yeah, I've seen that before. But I think that the last caller before his call dropped, you know, he pointed out that we seem to be more and more against each other, where maybe that is a big part of the the difference here. The Wall Street, uh, I'm sorry, the Washington Post, Washington Post editorial board put out an opinion yesterday. The opinion was leave the justices at home alone. They said their right to assemble and speak freely is essential to democracy. Erasing any distinction between the public square and private life is essential to totalitarianism. Now, the Wall Street Journal I'm sorry, not the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, Washington Post, the WAPO, Washington Post editorial board is very far on the left, okay? This isn't some right-wing paper. This is the left saying this. And it's pretty profound that the entire board got together and said, we can't do this, that what we're seeing is is the distinction. He said, erasing any distinction between the public square and private life is essential to totalitarianism that this is another step in that direction. This editorial, if you read it, it goes on to, you know, they want to make sure they don't lose their credentials on the left and they support abortion and they're 100% against the the pending opinion, if that is the opinion, that kind of thing. But they call this a disturbing trend where groups of people are descending on the homes of people they disagree with in an attempt to influence their public conduct conduct by making their private lives and often, quoting from the article here, and often those of their families and neighbors, miserable. How do we back away from that? How do we have civility? Even in the in the, the course of the fact that there are very serious things that need to be addressed better, but it's the lack of civility, I think, that prevents us from actually having the conversations that need to happen and actually making progress in ways that work in these areas. 888-528-2557. Beverly from Altadena. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Beverly. What do you think we should do about this? Well, I heard a couple of things. Somebody said holding people accountable, Mm -hmm. but you asked how do we do that. Um, Another lady's appalled that we're asking a question uh, about that we're even like wondering why people are violent because I think it sounds like she thinks that there's um, a reason behind the violence that is justifiable. And there was a gentleman who said he's, a, he's astonished at how we've been inviting, and he has children, and he's just concerned for how his, the world in which or the nation in which his children will be growing up. And I agree with all of those. Um, I mean, I don't agree with all those comments, but I do think that um, we have to look inside. If you're speaking to Christians, we have to model the examples that we learn in the Word of God. And I also think that um, holding people accountable might be, do we have anyone that's actually going to jail for breaking the law when these things have occurred? Or are they being left um, kind of turning a blind eye? 
Well, I think that's one of the uh, good questions about even what happened this weekend is where there's already a law doing this uh, against justices. You have to prove intent, that your intent was to try to uh, persuade them to change their opinion. Okay, uh, but I think well, I clearly... You, I heard you I, say it was illegal to, to confront the justices at their home. Is that is there a law that they could have, um, you know, carried out some kind of action against those who were infringing upon? Yes, it's 18 U.S. Code 1507, and that applies to justices. And, uh, you know, I think you're right. There's no accountability. As far as I know, nobody was arrested, and they were, in fact, encouraged uh, to do that. And I think that's happened, uh, you know, on the the other side, when people have done this um, to school boards, and, you know, there's people on the right and left who have taken these steps to go to the homes of people. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that there has been accountability. And in, the, in these cases, I don't know that we've seen um, violent acts, unless you want to say that the whole thing is an act of violence. Um, but you know, are we going to wait for that to happen? I think that was one of the caller's uh, points, is that we're going to wait uh, for that to happen. And you said, as Christians, we are to model the better behavior. I think you're right about that. How should we do that as Christians? If we have issues, let's say we want to, as Christians, participate in um, protests that are about uh, racism, and we want to protest maybe about what's being taught in schools or protest. How do we model this in a Christian way? Are you still with me there, Beverly? Yes, we have um, a responsibility to hold ourselves accountable to the Word of God. Um, I feel like the Proverbs are full of wisdom and instruction for daily living, so we might find answers there. And when we go out to protest things that we think are wrong in our society, we need to remember the words that we read in those scripture passages when we go out and try to hold ourselves accountable as well as you know, following the laws of our city and our nation. Um, I'm not sure if people really value what the laws are anymore, because I don't know. I mean, we hear all the time, even in L.A., they're trying to recall Gascon because he's letting people out of prisons that belong in prison, you know. Right. So how are we, do we value punishment? How do we, how does our society, we seem to be coming, we seem to be becoming somebody who isn't valuing laws. And the rule of law is ingrained in our nation, and yet I don't think we're holding people accountable. And I do think your caller, um, two calls before me, had a point. She sounded like she was very con- concerned about the black community mm-hmm. who's been suffering injustices even now by the home invasions and the no-knock, no, I don't know what it's called, no-knock warrants or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like we even haven't hold- held our accountable our officers and people that are in positions of leadership and power who have not been held um, responsible for laws at daybreak. They should be punished. They should be held to the full extent of the law as well to use an example, to set an example for the society that it's, it is justice for all, like she was asking for. Yeah. So I feel like we have a lot of work to do, and we have a lot of do, work to do within ourselves, but we also have to hold you know, um, ourselves and our society and our cities to account where the laws that we have in place are for the benefit of all of our our, 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 our societies to be peaceful, you know, to have a place yeah. where we can enjoy living and be um, not have to be so concerned like that last caller was about his children growing up in this society where people have so much animosity 
towards each other. We have yeah. infighting going on that seems like it's not being um, resolved. Beverly, thank so, you for your for your call. I think your point is uh, right. We're running out of time here. Um, and you're right. Every one of our callers had a point and a point to be made. And, you know, I think every one of our, every one of you who called today, thank you for your calls. I think you represent a lot of what a lot of people think, what a lot of people are, are concerned about. Let me give you just a couple of things, you know, before we go. Number one, don't go to people's homes. Let people have their house, okay, if you have to protest. You know, go do it in a legal and peaceful way. And if you, if you want to, this is where I think Christians and the church can do more, is build personal relationships with people who disagree with you and stop moving away from people who disagree with you. That's another thing that's happened in our country is that we're not only – against each other kind of on ideological grounds. We're not even associating with each other anymore, so we don't even know where each other is coming from. And that is just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. Take people to coffee, listen, make both sides, be friends. And if you've got to protest against your friend while they're at work because they're at the Supreme Court or they are a police officer or they are on the school board or whatever, do it appropriately and nonviolently at work. You can be loud but you gotta be, you gotta be peaceful. You know, it's biblical. One of the biblical tenets to a lot of this too is that we're called to take the log out of our own eye before we seek to take the speck out of uh, our neighbors, and we don't do a lot of that. You know, we gotta examine ourselves, our own side uh, first, and then we're gonna make some progress. And this can be done politically. Republicans should be checking on Republicans, Democrats on Democrats. Uh, independence, you know, we independents, you know, we feel like we can just criticize everybody because we're neither, but that's not true. Um, you know, if you want to look up uh, principles of nonviolence, one of the reasons that we celebrate in our country Martin Luther King Jr. is because he brought forward principles of nonviolence, and those were super difficult for him to stick with and super difficult for people who were following him to stick with, but it works. And this is Jesus. You know, Jesus was not a pacifist by any means, but he was nonviolent, and that matters. When you're nonviolent, you you seek to defeat injustice, but not people. You seek to bring people together as friends, and uh, you you do not seek to divide. That takes a lot of work. I think maybe we've just gotten lazy, uh, and we've gotten so far apart. So, Christian, this is something to pray about and something to take the initiative Certainly vote. You got your ballots in the mail. You know, find out what people think. Are they radicals on the right or left, or do they have a practical approach to try to bring people together? You may not agree with every point. You probably won't. But there is something that we need to do differently in how we choose our leaders and encourage people to lead who actually can leave, lead. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. We will be back after this break for hour two of the Tuesday edition of SoCal Live. Be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.